I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're watching Veterans Week coverage on ESPN. Brought to you by USAA. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by USAA. We are at the exact halfway point of this NFL regular season. Seems like it got here all of a sudden. So today throughout the show, we're going to do a deep dive into the fatal flaws of all the Super Bowl contenders. Don't worry, we're going to get them some props too. But these four teams, the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Ravens are going to be the ones we're really going to focus on. We also get into a couple others, including the Cowboys. And that's a good time to remind you that Marcus Spears will be joining us. Of course, we've got Andrew Hawkins as well as Dan Orlovsky. We're going to talk about Swaggy's Cowboys and give well, weakness there, but uh, by the way, we're giving them love too because we're saying that they're Super Bowl contenders. Adam Schefter joining us as well. Point. Yeah, right. I mean, we're not being haters. They're not on the show in this capacity unless we think they could make it to the Super Bowl. So before you get concerned, that's why. Let's get to our top stories with Adam Schefter and Adam. The Bears and the Panthers play tomorrow. What's the status of quarterback Justin Fields? Laura, the Bears are listing Justin Fields as doubtful for Thursday night's game against the Carolina Panthers, which means Tyson Bajan will start once again, and Fields is not quite ready to throw the football just yet in a game. He is making progress. He could be back next week. He will have 10 days to rest up for the next game, but it'll be Bajan tomorrow night against the Carolina Panthers. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Vikings opened the practice window today for Justin Jefferson to come off injured reserve. However, the Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell said it would be, in his words, a little aggressive to think that Jefferson could be out there on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Sounds like he's another week or so away from being back on the football field, but the fact that they opened the window, an encouraging sign for the surging Vikings. And Debo Samuel, the 49ers wide receiver, who's been dealing with a hairline fracture in his shoulder, has returned to practice, and he is expected to play Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The 49ers have missed his offensive production. He will be back out on the football field. However, there still is a question about their offensive tackle, Trent Williams, who did not practice today. And one other 49ers note, their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, is moving from the coaching booth down to the field for Sunday's game against Jacksonville. Okay, that's interesting. Also, good news on Debo Samuel. Adam, you're with us all show long. We'll get back to those 49ers injuries in just a minute. But first, as we dive into the fatal flaws for the top teams in the league, a look at the best chance to win the Super Bowl. These are the teams we're going to talk about for the next hour. The Chiefs at one with the best chance to win. Eagles at two, Ravens at three, and then despite losing the last three games, the 49ers still have a 14% chance to win the Super Bowl, according to ESPN Analytics. So we've seen how dangerous the Niners offense is when they're healthy, especially with Debo Samuel, who Adam just told us is going to return. He's missed a majority of the last three games. With Samuel on the field, though, Brock Purdy has posted an 82 QBR while throwing eight touchdowns without a single interception. He's averaged over nine yards per pass attempt, which leads the NFL. So, Marcus, that's the good news. But what about the fatal flaw for the 49ers? Because that is our theme of the day. What should we look at there? Yep, Paul Bunyan reporting live to NFL Live with this ugly shirt on. <laughs> What's Why'd up, you put y'all? it on if it was ugly? <laughs> 
because yeah. because it was it's fly when you see it in person. It's not fly yeah. on TV. Anyway, let me get to it. Um, that up. It's 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 the health. It's the health. Obviously, like you just showed the production boogie, but beyond the production, the comfortability that Brock Purdy has in the pocket when Debo Samuel is out. We see Trent Williams still questionable if he'll be back uh, soon enough. And when you look at this game going to three, you look at this team going to three game slide, missing both of these guys, there is nothing more telling than that. It's offensive operation. It's the, especially with Debo, it's offensive operation. It's the way teams have to defend you and the attention that you have to give to the entire football field when he's not available. Brandon Ayuk has stepped up and Christian McCaffrey is there. We know about the talent, but Debo Samuel is the guy that makes defenses play you completely different from every position that he lines up in. So health is their biggest issue. I, I like that, Marcus. I, I'm going to go with their third down defense. Getting off the field. Kyle Shanahan talked about how yeah. the defense looked tired. They looked like they lacked energy. And the reason for that is they haven't been able to get teams off the field. They're 21st in opponent conversion rate. And they're fourth worst in the league at time of possession. Their defense is out there too long. Now, there's a couple of factors that play into that. Chase Young being there will absolutely help that. Sure. But for Steve Wilkes, he's adopted this scheme. You heard from Adam Schefter say he's going to get out of the booth, get on the sideline. They're used to having D'Amico Ryans on the sideline, Robert Sala chest bumping, mm -hmm. high-fiving. It's been tough for them to kind of build that chemistry and yeah. sync, especially on third down with the blitzes, yeah. the way they pressure, and also just natural coverage. So I agree with Marcus with the health stuff. Obviously, Trent Williams, one of the best left tackles in football. Debo Samuel, the yards after the catch. I'll go to your third down defense and take it to another step. I, I think their nickel coverage has to be a little bit of a concern because when we offensive people watch tape and we watch coverages, it's always trying to find not only the way to attack a coverage, mm -hmm. but who, who can we go after. And I think if you watch yeah. Cincinnati from two weeks ago, you're like, oh, Cincinnati made a very clear if effort. If you're going to play man coverage, we're going to attack that nickel defender. So who's going to be that third cover corner? And then – when teams got out in base defense, we, we rave about San Francisco 21 personnel, two backs and one tight end. So when teams got into that base defense, meaning they're playing like seven bigs, whether it's five defensive linemen and two mm -hmm. linebackers or you know three defensive linemen and four linebackers, teams that can play in their base defense versus that 21 personnel and stop both the run and the pass plan-wise, that's the, and, and I think about it, Cincinnati did it, but in the NFC, I would say um, Dallas is capable of it. Mm -hmm. I would say Philadelphia is absolutely capable of it. We just saw them do it mm -hmm. against Miami yep. two weeks ago. So they're going to yep. have to figure out the counter to teams who want to play base defense. Mm -hmm. Dan, you make a great point. And to your point, it ties in to what Hawk said about the pass rush. And the reason why they've been so comfortable playing bases because they know Dre Greenlaw and Fred Werner are phenomenal in coverage as linebackers, and you don't have to change personnel much, especially when they use his own pressures. The issue has been the pass rush has not been the same, and it's a correlation between all of the things you just talked about with coverage as well. We always talk about how it ties in, but when you look at the production of this San Francisco 49ers defensive line, and I'm not just talking about sacks, I'm talking about pressures, especially from the interior, it has not been the same this year. I think if they get that fixed, obviously with Chase Young coming along, yeah. mm -hmm. all of those mm -hmm. things you just talked about will improve. Yeah, during their three-game losing streak, the 49ers have allowed the highest completion percentage in the NFL. They have the Jaguars <sighs> this week, so we'll see That's if they can get that turnaround. I know, right? Uh, they don't here. usually do that, especially with that defense. We'll see if Wilkes moving to the field helps. Let's stay with the top teams in the NFL. 
NFC here. The Eagles with the second best chance to win the Super Bowl. And Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense has thrived when it matters most this season. That's on third down and fourth down. Philly has converted on 50% of their third downs, tied for the best mark in the NFL. In the tush push, people like to hate on it, but it's played a big role in the Eagles' success on fourth down, where they've converted 77% of the time. That's the good. Dan, what is the Eagles' fatal flaw, though? Matchups. And mm. if they're going to play man coverage, mm. they have to figure out the pre-step matchup. And Darius Slay should be on, by far, the, the pass catcher. And that's my concern. If you watch that Dallas game, you know, Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver, on Zach Cunningham, a linebacker. This is man coverage underneath. And thank God for the Philadelphia Eagles. Dak Prescott doesn't see him. That is a bad matchup that Sean Desai, their defensive coordinator, has to get figured out. Now, this is Kevin Byer dropping down to play man coverage on CeeDee Lamb. If we're in man, our best cover corner should be covering their best receiver. That should be Darius Slay on CeeDee Lamb. That's a bad matchup for Philly's defense. Later in the game, they have Sidney Brown, a rookie who is coming over and played safety in many ways. Again, man defense, and he's covering CeeDee Lamb crossing the field. You've already lost before the ball gets snapped, so their fatal flaw for me is when they're playing against teams that are smart offensively, all they're going to do is try to get Philly to play man coverage and create that matchup because right now it's like Darius Slay's playing well yep. and Bradbury's not playing up to his level of last year, but it's more like what's the pre-snap plan and man coverage hmm. getting our best cover person on their best pass catcher. That's got to be way more consistent. And it wasn't just in Dallas. It's been a theme for weeks now. Absolutely. I mean, you spit the spot on. Mine is the secondary, for sure. I mean, they have an incredible run defense. They've gotten better at rushing the passers, not to the level they were last year, but the secondary has been open sesame for every team that they go against. <laughs> and, and you could say maybe it's just by large numbers because teams are getting down. They're having to pass a lot. No, they're, la they're last in pass yards against. They are second worst in touchdown throwing touchdowns, and they're also second worst in interceptions because they're not able to complete those plays. What do you plays. think CeeDee Lamb's thinking when he walks up to the line of scrimmage and sees man coverage and he's got a safety on him who's a rookie who might be become a good player, but he, he's a rookie. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> You're licking your chops. I mean, we talked about this, right? Like, we've been talking about Dak all week as if they won the football game because he played so well. But the reality is, just like the Chargers, this secondary was primed for being feasted against. If you mm. watch the fourth quarter of Dallas, the reason why Dallas is even in that game is because of the secondary. I mean, there were coverage busts like the right. CeeDee Lamb to the, on, to the flat. There were bad effort plays like the 32-yarder to Tolbert. Right. And there was also just schematic deficiencies that this created the opportunity for Dallas to stay in that football game. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know when we start meetings on Monday, we talk about the first thing from offensive and defensive standpoint is turnover differential. And, guys, I want to remind y'all, like, let's go back to the Super Bowl. What cost Philly a chance to win the Super Bowl last year? Ball security by Jalen Hurts. You think about this team, and we haven't talked about it enough because they're 8-1. But, but in reality, when they get back to meetings, y'all know this. When you get back to meetings, this is what is harped on. It's not about the good plays that yeah. you made or the things you did well. This is what's being talked about. Fellas, in the Dallas game, they fumbled the ball three times. Thank mm. God they recovered it yep. three times. But turnovers are a real issue for Philadelphia right now. And I know it's being masked because they winning games. But if we're talking, obviously, this, this what we planned is about Super Bowl contenders. It's the quickest way. 
to lose a championship or in a playoff game is to lose turnover differential. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts has historically been very careful with the football, but this year, 11 turnovers, that's more than he had all of last season when he only had eight. So far, he's already got 11. Also, something to point out, N'Kobe Dean headed to the IR. He's got a Liz Frank sprain, so that came out today. N'Kobe Dean? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, I know. Oh, that's a big blow. All right, maybe more on that later because of your reaction. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. When we return, here are why even the reigning champs aren't immune to a fatal flaw. Should Patrick Mahomes be concerned? We're going to talk about the Chiefs and their chances to win it all again. Plus, the Cowboys have fallen victim to a few heartbreaking losses this season. Are these a sign of a bigger issue at play? Marcus seems to think so. Stick around to hear more about what could hold the Cowboys back. We'll be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NFL Live is presented by USAA. This Veterans Day, go beyond thanks to make a difference. It's Jalen Hurst here, quarterback with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to personally say thank you for your service. Appreciate everything that you do for this country. Well said, Jalen. New on NFL Live. Here's why Robert Sala says he's sticking with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Obviously, it's not the greatest show on turf. Um, obviously, he knows that there's a lot of things that he can do better. There's a lot of things we can all do better. Um, and yeah, he does. He needs to get better. He knows that. I know the knee-jerk reaction to is to always hit the panic button, but as a whole, with all the circumstances, and you consider all the different things that are happening along the offense in terms of the lack of continuity on the offensive line and those guys trying to get their feet underneath them, he's doing the best he can, And but again, he still needs to get better. That's fair. Think? Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious, right? right. But I, I would also, <laughs> I, I think when he's given those comments, I can't help but feel like there should be more of an onus put on the coaches, right? Mm. They're, they're calling an offense for a chef, and at best, Zach Wilson is a cook. And what I mean by that, a cook is executing already made recipes. They can do it. They know how to do it. Tell them how. A chef can create under any circumstances. The offense they have is for Aaron Rodgers, the ultimate chef. This mm. is on the coaching staff. Put him in a position to execute the how. Uh, Zach Wilson's microwave in a hot pocket right now. Yeah, it's, it's to, looking yeah. ugly. Okay, interesting. So back to our theme of the day. Fatal flaws <laughs> for top contenders. We like those. The Chiefs have the highest chance to win the Super Bowl, according to FPI. We'll get to their flaw in a second. But first, 
The good news, the Chiefs defense has held their opponents to 15.9 points per game this season, second best in the NFL, trailing only the Ravens. That's the fewest points per game that the Chiefs have allowed through their first nine games since 2013, which was Andy Reid's first season as their head coach. So once again, we're highlighting them because we think they can reach the Super Bowl. But Marcus, if the Chiefs come up short of another title, what will be the reason? That shirt. But you just smoked Zach Wilson, by the way. I'm sorry. Like, you just I didn't mean smoked to do that. it. I don't even know what Okay, that was. I know you didn't mean to do it, but it was amazing. Uh, you know, I live for it. Uh, here's the thing, man. It's the drops. It's the drops for this team in the wide receiver group. But I'm not going to belabor on this long. We got a quarterback and a wide receiver sitting there. We know the fatal flaw of the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to hear Hawk and Dio tell me how the hell they fixed this yeah. fatal flaw. Outside of me looking at it and saying, catch the damn ball, I'm sure there's more detail and intricacy to what they could do to potentially help these receivers. Pat Mahomes don't need no damn help. We all know that. So let the quarterback and wide receiver talk. Yeah, so I, obviously I just called this game this past week and had conversations with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid about this with the drops. And Andy Reid kind of emphasized it's a focus thing. The, the focus of the eyes, and you could speak better to that, like mm-hmm. the eyes with these guys. Yep. I do think they fight the ball a little bit at times. Marcus, for me, it's even before the drop. It's, it's the separation that they're getting when it comes to teams trying to play coverage. It's become very apparent mm-hmm. that teams are sitting there in passing situations and going, hey, we are going to double Travis Kelsey. And then everybody else, we dare you to try and beat us. And, we, and they don't think, yeah. like, they don't believe defenses that teams, or that, that team can do that over the course of four quarters. You might get them here or there, but over the course of four quarters. And I think of teams like Cincinnati, Miami, who they just played, yep. Baltimore, we're going to get into, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, they are good coverage units right now. And that's, like, my biggest thing, Hawk, is yep. they're – it's like, who else outside of Travis? And right now, the yeah. answer isn't, like, consistently presenting itself. Man, I could go on this all day. And you guys are both right. And that is the problem, right? Because they're not separating and they're not catching the football. One of my best coaches in my NFL career, Al Saunders, used to say, playing receiver in the NFL is about two things. Separating mm-hmm. and catching the football. Right. right? And they're not always mutually exclusive. There's guys that... Don't separate well, but have incredible hands, especially if a quarterback is accurate. But if you're not doing both, that is a non-negotiable. And you guys talk about catching the football and how do you do that. Catching the football starts with your eyes. Now, you don't have to teach these guys right. how to catch the football. They're in the NFL. They're there for a reason. What it is, it's starting to play into their heads a little bit. And it's starting yeah. to get to them. And to your point, they're fighting the football. And they're a bunch of young receivers in their career. Yeah. And there is no veteran in there to say, hey, man, this is a part of the process. It happens. And it is been yeah. an issue for them because as they get down the season, they are neutralizing their superpower, yeah. which is Patrick Mahomes. And, and you know, I got everyone, a question. Everyone, real quick, Marcus, everyone kind of talks about, well, last mm-hmm. year, it's not all that different a group. Because we've talked about, well, the tackles are struggling with protection. And then the receivers are yep. struggling, with, struggling with separation. Like, my concern is both those things together create bad things for an offense. Like, last year, they did not have the yeah. protection issue. Last year, yeah. they blocked it up, and so guys had a little bit more time to create mm-hmm. some separation. Patrick would run around. Mm-hmm. And when, when you're not getting time and then those guys aren't getting open, that's when it starts to kind of manifest itself more consistently. You asked me yesterday, you know. if guys aren't separating, what can you do a receiver? And the answer to that question is nothing. Get different that's, receivers. That's what God right. gave you, right? Yeah. But you can catch – the football, when right. Patrick Mahomes is throwing these guys open, Lord, you ask, is he throwing them open? He is throwing them open. 
they have to catch you. You can separate by using four things. Speed, physicality, quickness and change of direction, or suddenness. And the best in the league use all four of them to their advantage. Really fast, when you're saying those qualities, do they have anyone who has those qualities? They absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. They absolutely who? do, but they're, but they're young, and they Sky all have different things. Sky Rushy Rice absolutely. is strong and physical. Yeah, and even Watson has speed down yes. the field, yeah. but it does not matter because anybody can separate. Let's yeah. say you have the ability to separate. The number one job on the job description on yeah. Indeed for playing receiver in the NFL, catch the football, yeah. and mm. it starts there. Swag. So, so the question that I had for Hawk was, is there a correlation between the inability to separate and the drops? Like, is it a mental thing, Hawk, that you could be thinking about when this ball gets to my hand, let me catch it. So it slows you down. It makes you a little bit um, uneasy about how you're running your route freely. Absolutely, there's a correlation. And it all kind of depends on what the receiver okay. makeup is in a certain situation. I'll give you an example. Michael Thomas with the New Orleans Saints, when he was in his heyday and he was, you know, making record numbers with Drew Brees, he wasn't separating at a crazy rate. The quarterback was extremely accurate, and if you gave him a slither, he was coming down hmm. with that catch. When I was coming with into the, the ball, league, yeah. I remember I was trying to get a workout with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. What they told my agent was, he didn't have enough contested catches on tape. I said, tell them because nobody can guard me. Oh. All of my catches yeah. are going to be wide open. Period. Yeah. I won't catch it every time. <laughs> Let's go. But all of the catches I'll have on my tape will be nobody's going to be close to me because what I did really well was yeah. separate. Separation, not a problem for separate. you. And listen, Maybe this sounds dramatic because I don't think this is the <laughs> issue, but it almost reminds me of the yips in baseball a little bit. Yeah. When you when you get in your head a little bit, you think, so I don't know, maybe they just need a game where they catch a ton of footballs. To, pa and to, and to Patrick's credit, Patrick said like he just has to not hesitate and trust and believe that those guys are going to make yeah. the catch. That's hard, It is, but that's his mindset. He's also been great with his body language, too. Sometimes yeah. you see Got that frustration. Out there we playing haven't wide seen it yet. They've won a lot of these games either way. All right, still to come, Whiteout Wednesday is back, and we got a full tank of gas. Okay, see why Hawk oh. and Dan think it's time to start showing the Texans offense some love. We'll be right back. That boy sees you strong. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're watching Veterans Week coverage on ESPN. Brought to you by USAA. Welcome back to NFL Live, presented by USAA. 
Glad you're with us today. It's time for Lost in Translation. We're going to play a soundbite. The guys are going to explain what the person really meant. So a really special one this week from the Texans, Jalen Petrie on CJ Stroud. They had said something about he did like a veggie meter, like where they check how much um, veggies is in your like your bloodstream, and they found all ice. <laughs> like he he really liked that. Like for real, he really liked that. No vegetables, straight cold. Like he cold blooded, ready for the moment, bro. He he he, he tough though. <laughs> straight cold blooded is what he is, Boogie. You remember the group chat? He about to walk the dog. When you walk in your dog, Boogie, let me ask you a question. Ain't that ain't that when you at calm and you at peace? If your dog is a well-behaved dog and you can just put him on the leash and y'all can take a friendly stroll, that's what that means. He's cold-blooded, relaxed. Nothing gets him above anything. He's straight, flat line when he's thinking about things and how he's gonna do them. There is no difference in Bryce being, I mean, in CJ being in a terrible situation or a good situation, mm. you're going to get the same dude. And that's probably what makes him a great quarterback at this stage in his career. Yeah, I have a wiener dog, so I can't walk my dog. He's boring. Anyway, go ahead, it's Dan. It's one of the reasons why he led that two-minute drive to win the game. Mm -hmm. And there's so many throws, Hawk, that stand out. You're like, man, that's so well done. But the game winner that him and Tank Dell have is fantastic. This, the timing the placement, yep. the execution given the moment is unbelievable when it comes to how they execute this double post concept between him and that rookie wide receiver. Absolutely. So the route that Tank Dell is going to run here is called a Dino. It's basically a post, corner, post, a triple move. We'll start with the alignment. They're in a butt split in the red zone. The coverage you're looking at is cover four. That's okay, cover four, everybody at home. It's zone. This guy has a quarter of the field, quarter of the field, and then a hook to curl or curl the flat area for those defenders. Significant, the reason why they're in a bunch is gonna help create a window for CJ Stroud to use. The point person is going to affect the safety. He is taking him out of the play to give this outside receiver Tank Dell the space he needs to operate. And it's beautiful that, that kind of push by Tank Dell to get on those defensive backs toes yep. and then the ball placement for CJ Stroud in the red zone is fantastic. So Hawk, you talked about that point person, Noah Brown. His job is to push up and go vertical, mm -hmm. and then that safety, that's really the read for C.J. Stroud. He's looking at that inside safety whose responsibility is that number two wide receiver and saying, okay, I want that safety to essentially collapse inside with Noah Brown, and then you talked about it, that cut yep. split, and then that widen release yes. give a little bit of that bigger window for C.J. Stroud to deliver that football. I'm telling Noah Brown in the room, you're going immediately, you're locking eyes with that safety, make sure he guards you, and that wide release is gonna create the window you're talking about. And I love that ball placement from C.J. Stroud. Perfect so ball. the Dino route, explain yes. to me what the Dino route is and why it's called Dino. It's called Dino, I have no idea why, but corner, post, corner, post. Why is it called Dino, quarterback? I have no idea. Yeah, me either. I think it's just what it's called. <laughs> All right, so what you're gonna do here is, there's three ways to run a Dino route. Number one is I'm going to the post, one, two, three, Three to the corner, and then back to the post, right? That's what you do in the field. Because you're in the red zone, okay. things are happening faster. Every week we're on Wide Out Wednesday, we talk about double and triple moves and okay. how selling the job is the most important part, not in the red zone. So this what is does about he do? Timing. What he does is one hard step to each route. So you're seeing a hard post step, a hard corner step to get that corner to, re to, to react to the corner route, and then I'm going back to the post on the third step. Now watch it again. Watch how the corner knows smartly. I'm not gonna react to the first post. Boom, he sits. 
As soon as he hits the corner, that's the one that makes the, quarter, the, the cornerback shuffle his feet because he's like, I know he's gonna give me at least one move and then I'm gonna react. So you're not getting him, you're not asking, you don't want that corner to react off of that first move. No. You're trying to sell post. Okay, now you want this corner to think that you're going on that mm -hmm. outbreaker to that corner route. And then number one rule I would say is this, like he's gotta make sure that he crosses that corner's face, right, no matter what. 10 times out of 10 non-negotiable have to cross the face. Because he hits them with that one, two, the third step makes it very easy because he stopped his feet and was reacting to the corner. Now, you also asked me, what makes some undersized receivers effective yeah. versus other Tank undersized Dell, receivers? Tank Jordan Addison, a Zay Flowers. Here's what it is, it's very much like a dual threat quarterback. Okay. Being an undersized receiver means you probably have advanced shiftiness. Now, some receivers in the NFL rely solely on that athletic ability, shiftiness, and being able to change direction. Okay. The best undersized receivers, have a foundation in playing receiver, these nuances that at 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 5'10", if you have those plus the shiftiness, it creates an accelerator, much like a quarterback who can run the ball or throw it. Hear me out, when I watch the route, just watch the route and I see the 1-1-1 one, one, one mm -hmm. down in the red zone, I look at this and say, that looks like, route-wise, Justin Jefferson. One more time, look at the head nod. Real quick, this is the last thing we'll look at, watch. Boom, 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 every single one, every detail in the route is important because the corner is going to say, man, this looks exactly like what I've seen before. Great job, Tankdale. Guys, so I was looking up, I was doing the Dino route. The only thing that's coming up is a Dino route. So all I can figure is that the receiver looks like a Velociraptor or something, and that's why they call it the Dino route. Really? No, I mean, I like we're trying more. to get to the bottom of this. Let's get Adam back in here. We're not going to ask him about that. we got some top stories. Let's start with Jamar Chase. What's going on there, Adam? Laura, he did not practice today officially due to the back injury that he suffered Sunday night on this play against the Buffalo Bills. Came down hard on his back, complained of soreness. He did not wind up practicing today. We'll see if he can improve as the week goes on. If not, Clearly his status is in jeopardy for Sunday's game against the Houston Texans who have some major issues of their own. Nico Collins did not practice today for the Texans. Damian Pierce, the running back, did not practice today. Will Anderson Jr. missed practice due to a hamstring injury. Now they did activate Derek Stingley Jr., their former first round draft pick, off the pup list and he practiced today. That's encouraging for the Houston Texans. We'll see how soon they can get him back. And the New York Giants said that Tommy DeVito will wind up starting Sunday's game at Dallas against the Cowboys. And you thought the first game between these two teams was interesting. Well, Tommy DeVito will line up as the Giants starter on Sunday. Matt Barkley will be his backup. And Tommy DeVito will become the 10th rookie quarterback this season to start in the NFL. That's a new NFL record for starting quarterbacks in one season. Not exactly what the Giants were hoping for Sunday at Dallas. Yeah, that's one to watch too, especially as we approach the draft. Uh, guys, we have some more breaking news here on the show. I'm going <laughs> to hand it over to Dan. I, you're kind of right. So, first of all, Chuck Pagano, Coach Chuck Pagano just texted yeah. me. The fact that he watches the show is freaking awesome. We love awesome. it. Hey, we love it, So, <laughs> Dino route. He said, Dino, the dinos, dinosaur, jagged points on the dinosaur tail. Yep, I mean, duh. Sense. So thanks, I, I told you. That's amazing. And you know Laura, what? she nailed it. 
Shout out. Come on, give it up. Hey, give it yeah, up, Laura. Come on. Okay, no, listen, guys. Gracious. It's better to be lucky than good. That's the show. Exactly. That's awesome. That's the actual <laughs> and headline. It makes sense. All right, coming up here on NFL Live, it does make a lot of sense. The Cowboys offense seemed to find a little rhythm in Philly this weekend. Find out why someone here thinks their fatal flaw may actually involve a leader of their defense. We'll explain. It's all coming your way next, right here on ESPN. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to NFL Live, presented by USAA. The Sunday NFL Countdown crew has you covered for Week 10. It's at 10 a.m. Eastern, and the Monday Night Countdown crew gets you set for Broncos Bills, a two-hour pregame starting at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. We continue our theme of the day, fatal flaws with Super Bowl contenders, according to FPI. Let's go to Miami. First, the good news. The Dolphins' offense has averaged 7.1 yards per play this season, which is nearly a full yard better than any other team. That's also the second most yards per play that any team has averaged through their first nine games of a season in NFL history, trailing only the 2,000 Rams, also known as the greatest show on turf. So, Hawk, the Dolphins' offense has been so good, but when the competition gets tougher, what could be their downfall? Yeah, their ability to get to a comfortable beyond the first or second read. Now, look, Tua is an elite processor. He's played the best football of his career this season, but self-scouting will show you that where teams have been successful, it's been sending pressure, diagnosing that first read, and taking it away. What they have to do is get him comfortable and bake in some offense that he realizes he has options for. Let's go to Buffalo. The good news for the Bills is that despite the team's recent struggles, Josh Allen's still playing at a really high level. He leads the NFL in QBR in total touchdowns. He's completing 71% of his passes on pace to be a career high. So Marcus, what is the Bills' fatal flaw? The run game, Boogie, they, they just will not do it for some reason and they can't get it going. I don't know if it's formationally, I don't know if it's the offensive line, can't move and sustain blocks. But whatever it is, this is the part that's holding this offense back and continuously asking Josh Allen to carry them every single game by his legs and his arm, which in turn causes him to turn the football over. Now to Dallas, another Super Bowl contender. We start with the positive. Led by Micah Parsons, the Cowboys defense leads the NFL in pressure percentage and their pass rush win rate of 58% on pace to be the highest by any team since the 2017 Eagles, who of course won the Super Bowl. But Dan, you saw an issue with that defense on Sunday against the Eagles that could be their fatal flaw. What is it? When smart coaches take number 11 out of the game, both San Francisco and Philadelphia do it. Number one, they do it by putting two bodies on him in the run game, four hands, two sets of them, double tight ends, motion outside in. Watch this run. 
They get both tight ends saying, Michael, you are not going to blow this play up or wreck this play. Happened six different times in this football game alone. The second thing, we saw it from San Francisco, we saw it from Philadelphia. Who's not on the field, guys? Number 11, Micah Parsons. When he's off the field, teams make it very clear. We are taking our shots downfield. Look at the pocket. Look how long Jalen holds it. All of a sudden, touchdown. Remember, San Francisco with Brock Purdy did it. The third thing, they don't block him. Seven times in this football game, they did not block him. Get him in that four by one formation, and they go with that zone read, potential screen to that bubble side or bunch side. Micah's unblocked, they're putting him in conflict. So I do believe, very clearly, this is a big Woo. deal to me, that Dallas and Dan Quinn have to figure it out. Does he take less breaks? What are they going to do when teams put him in conflict? They know they can't block him. So instead of blocking them, they just go, we're not going to, and we'll, we'll, we'll just read them. We'll put them in conflict. Marcus, I think it's a big deal. I honestly do. When, when they play against smart football teams coach-wise, Philly and San Francisco, they got to figure out who besides Micah can dominate the games. And, Dan, that's the, the, you, you are exactly right. We've seen Nick Bosa be done this way. Yes. We've seen a lot of the prolific defensive guys that mm -hmm. you just you choose to either run away or you give them so much to look at, what you call eye candy as a defensive player. What they have to do to me is, one, you're correct, identify someone else. But remember, Dallas is hampered at the linebacker spot. And I don't think people realize – how important Leighton Vanderesh is to this defense as far as being in the center where you could free Micah up. But think about it. He lined up at middle linebacker. He rushes from the middle of the pocket at times. You put him on the end of the yeah. line of scrimmage. So formationally, coaches are always like, we can identify where 11 is all the time. It's different, right? Chris Jones sometimes. He goes, lines up wherever the hell he wants to. Yeah, right. And you can't plan for that on the fly. You got Aaron Donald, who used to switch from outside to inside. You'll find him all over the line of scrimmage. I think you keep Micah close to the football and don't put him in let, one let spot. I think this. that's the answer for Dan Quinn. Let me ask mm -hmm. you this. The two things. One, when he comes off the field, I, like, is mm -hmm. there something they can do about that? And then the second thing Pressure. is, when he is in conflict, is he playing too hesitant? Like, what, how do mm -hmm. they get better at that? <clears throat> well, you, you got to declare. Guys like Michael Parsons, you see TJ Watt, you have to declare for him. Miles Garrett, declare. Hey, man, you have, you have full pursuit to the football, and we'll cover you. Dan, you remember how I used to show how when you play in defense and everybody is responsible and, and the ball kind of flushes yes. out to the end of the line of scrimmage to your free hitter? When you got guys like – this is why great defensive players get paid so much money. When you got guys like that, the other 10 are supposed to allow them to go hunt. We did it with DeMarcus Ware. Right. That's what Pittsburgh does with T.J. Watt. Yep. You have to allow those guys almost to be, be, be like Troy Palomalu yeah. was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Allow them to play free and let everybody else say, we'll cover you yeah. when you miss something. I'm telling you, Cowboys fans, it's a real thing, man. When he comes off the field, teams are very clear. We're taking our shots, and they're putting him in conflict. In conflict. It's going to happen more. Uh, well, my point is on the other side of the line of scrimmage. It's the offensive line because people are taking that same mentality against the Cowboys' offensive line, and their feet are specifically on that right side where Terrence Steele is. Mm. They're battling injuries with Tyron Smith, but they have a lot of talent on this O-line, and they're not executing, and it's just not in the pass game. Yep. The staple of this offense is been running the football that offensive line they're only averaging 3.9 yards a carry which i think is 21st and for dak in this offense if they can't have an offensive line that solidifies the run and open these holes for pollard 
it's going to make it tough for them down the stretch. Yeah, so it's right. interesting. We've talked so about right. getting in a better rhythm last week, even though they, they weren't able to get the win. Dak Prescott's been sacked 19 times over the last six weeks. That's a lot. That's mm, the fourth yeah. most in the NFL during that mm. span. He's getting hit a ton and taken down. All right, up next, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens seem to be hitting their stride, but do they have a weakness that could upend their Super Bowl hopes? Stick around to hear why Dan thinks their fatal flaw could actually be the most concerning of all of them. NFL Live is presented by USAA. This Veterans Day, go beyond thanks to make a difference. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next week, the Monday Night Football crew will be in Orchard Park, New York, for Russell Wilson and the Broncos taking on Josh Allen and the Bills at 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes with Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2. We continue our Fatal Flaws theme for today. Top contenders in the NFL and all four AFC North teams are currently in position to make the playoffs, as you see there. Since divisions were realigned back in 2002, there's never been a division in which all four teams made the playoffs, but let's see if it can happen. Let's do some quick reads on the biggest issues for each of those teams. Hawk, your first on the Bengals. Yeah, I would say the tight end position, just making sure they're getting something from there. Jamar Chase, if they take him away, uh, at the, if they double him, or if he's banged up, which he is. Yes, we know T. Higgins. Yes, we know Tyler Boyd. But even going back to last year, the tight end position has been a flaw for this offense. If they can show what they did versus the Bills, the formula of success, getting that group going, then it makes defenses have to play them straight up and on it. I'm, I'm going to the Browns in this consistent quarterback play. Dan talked about uh, Deshaun Watson potentially having his best moments last week. But taking care of the football and also getting some you, – you don't have to be great with this defense. You just have to be good and take care of the football, and they'll take care of the rest. If Deshaun Watson can continue to get better as the season goes along, you got to watch out for Cleveland. But the one thing that can hamper them is the way that the inconsistency and the turnovers would be their issue. Yeah, I'm going to Pittsburgh, and it's the first three quarters. We've talked about them a little bit this year and said, man, the defense is so great, and Kenny Pickett is clutch that they're still in the conversation. But at some point, you're going to have to be more productive and efficient on the first and second and third quarters. The, the predictability of their offense, the lack of creativity, the lack of simple execution, at some point is going to catch up for them. So can they find a way to play over the first three quarters of the game in some ways the way they do in the final quarter offensively. And we'll get to the Ravens' fatal flaw in a minute, but the good news for Baltimore is that their defense has been lights out this season. The Ravens have held their opponent to 13.8 points per game 
which is more than two points better than any other team. That's also on pace to be the fewest points per game that any team has allowed in a season since the Ravens did it themselves back in 2006. Remember that great defense. Marcus, start us off here. What is the Ravens' fatal flaw? Lamar fumbles. Um, that, that's the one issue when I look at this team that I say his carelessness sometimes with the ball when he's about to improv or he's trying to figure something out. We saw this on the zone read where he wanted to pull and they just had a miscommunication. But ball handling for the Ravens, because they are so successful and prolific in the run game, because we know they can be highly explosive. And coincidentally, these are usually attributed to quarterbacks that handle the ball more than just getting rid of it in the passing game, in the run game as well. So it correlates with them having the ball more. But ultimately, if you look at the Ravens, I think right now, the way this football team is playing offensively and defensively, the only thing that can stop the Baltimore Ravens is themselves. I believe that truly. So if they take care of the football and make people go the long, hard way and not give up short fields, they they should win mostly every game that they play. This defense is great so far. It's not battle-tested. It's not realistically AFC playoff battle-tested. They have not seen a Patrick Mahomes, a healthy Joe Burrow, hmm. a Justin Herbert. They, they've played quarterbacks that are just okay. And again, the defense has been awesome. And I love Mike McDonald, their defensive corner. He's going to be a head coach soon. Mm -hmm. But QBR-wise, the best quarterback that they have played this year, Gardner Minshew. He's, and he's at eight. Mm. They got Joe Burrow week two when he was unhealthy. Right. So if we're talking about this team, Super Bowl kind of trajectory, you're going to have to see Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to see Trevor Lawrence. You're going to have to see a healthy Joe Burrow. You haven't seen those guys yet. So while the defense has been awesome, it's a little bit like we don't know how good you are when it comes to playing against the rock stars. Yeah, my, mine is health. Mm -hmm. Look, the, the Ravens are one of the best teams. If not, some people have them as the best team in the league, and we haven't talked about them as much as because we've seen them here before. When they're healthy, they win. They do that season in and season out. But that's the biggest question. Can they stay healthy? We talked about a bunch of teams who we think are Super Bowl contenders and the flaws they have. And at every team, we've mentioned a position group or personnel. None of us mentioned a position group with the Ravens. That's how good yeah, they are. Now it comes down to them staying healthy and being able to take that next step deep into the playoffs. All right, so we've gone through these teams with the best chance to win the Super Bowls all season or all show long. We've talked about their flaws, but which of these teams' flaws actually concerns you most, Dan, if you're looking at well, it? Well, I think like initially I go Kansas City, but they have a great defense and a great quarterback. Philadelphia feels the same, feels the same way for me. Mm -hmm. I think it's Baltimore. Again, I'm not trying to be – minimizing their defense but when I think of coverage units no one on their secondary like pops out in my mind and be like Cincinnati like that, a that's lot of it I, too is the quarterbacks they're going to have to see that, right? that's I, it like that's yeah. it the yeah. quarterbacks and we haven't seen that oh, defense against these we, quarterbacks we need it yeah. more time Go ahead. I, I, I mean my biggest flaw is the flaws of the people on this show um <laughs> Laura she's too positive that's going to get us beat down the stretch yeah Marcus oh, no. says damn too much on television my mom it gets at me he, every time I say the, ago, the D he word. He's going to be done with it. He's going he's he's to hurt us in the black it. mama demographic. And Dan <laughs> P's in the pool. So he does. He's going to catch something. Hey, go ahead, Paul Bunyan Swagoo. <laughs> hey, listen, Paul Bunyan ain't got a damn thing on me. I look better than Paul Bunyan on his best day. The second thing is, Dan Orlovsky fatal flaw is the fact that he don't eat seasoning yeah. out of everything. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.